Hey, this is Colby and welcome to the Learn By Doing podcast. Super excited to have one of my favorite people on the podcast today. Our lead creative pastor, Pastor Kelvin Coe, is with us and he is just sharing with us some incredible stuff about creating and sustaining a creative culture that drives his department and everything that he does. And I've just had an opportunity to work alongside and be alongside Pastor Kelvin for 12 years. And man, I am just so looking forward to this conversation. I know it's going to add so much value to me and to all you guys listening. So here we go. Hey, Kelvin, welcome to the podcast, man. We're so excited to have you. Colby, thank you for having me. Can you believe it? 12 years. Yeah, 12 12 years. years. So, hey, man, you started here uh, May 12, 2007. What have you learned (laughs) since starting here uh, from when you first started to now? Like, what's one of the biggest things that, you know, have have stuck out to you? And I'm asking this question just because, man, I think you're one of the longest tenure pastors here at the Oaks Church. And we're talking about culture and different things like that today. But, man, I kind of wanted to get in and, and, and jump right in and go, hey, you have learned a lot probably, and, and I want to pull some wisdom from you um, really quick on, on this particular topic. Like coming in here, what, what's one big, you know, big lesson, life lesson that you've learned since you started working here at the Oaks? Wow. Um, thank you. Thank yeah. you. That's humbling, the, uh, your posture of, of, you know, look at me as a big source of wisdom. After 12 years, my favorite thing, my favorite, favorite thing is my anchor and focus has not changed as as a creative ministry leader, privileged yeah. to get to serve amazing pastors here at the Oaks has yeah. not changed. It still is to yeah. support the pastor. It's wow. still to support the pastor. And it's anchored in Colossians 1, 28. Okay. Right? He is the one we proclaim. Jesus is yeah. the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may represent everyone, we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Is yeah. anybody ever really fully <laughs> mature? Yeah. No. No. After 12 years, yeah. I'm still maturing. Yeah. The congregation we serve, every single one is still maturing. Yeah. We still have new believers. We still have seasoned believers who need yeah. to mature. And I continue to have the privilege to support the pastor whose assignment it is. Yeah. Is to cry out to the Lord for a word to admonish to teach yeah. about Jesus, to cause people to grow, to be, cause people to become mature. And the most important lesson I've learned after 12 years is it still feels fresh <laughs> because my heart is still fresh. Wow. Because God's word is still fresh, because the way people grow and respond to the power of Jesus's message yeah. is still fresh. 12 years, it's very easy to go fall into the rut of, well, it's another Sunday, 52 yeah. times 12. <laughs> yeah. Or today is a fresh, brand new Kairos moment. Yeah. And God has a fresh word. And I trust that my pastor cried out that this Sunday for his people to bring a word to admonish and teach. Wow. And after 12 years, it still feels brand new. I'm still as excited as ever to support my pastor and to submit to my pastor to receive the admonishing and teaching words so that I can grow in maturity. Wow, in Jesus. man. That's a, that's a huge, huge revelation, just understanding that in serving with longevity that you continually have the frame of mind of going, hey, this is still new. This is still fresh. And allowing God to 
uh, uh, allow those words that your pastor is speaking or different things like that to be fresh in the things that you're doing. Because yeah, you're right. It could get you could let it get mundane. You could let it get really just the same old, same old, same old thing. But man, just having that perspective and mindset allows you to stay on your toes and allows you to really soak in and learning that, hey, this, I may have heard this kind of topic before, but I know that God's going to speak something through it to me and I need to be ready to receive that because if I'm not ready, then I'm going to miss it. Man, that's a, that's a huge perspective and, and it's so great to hear that, especially from you. And um, man, we've known each other for a long, long time, and mm-hmm. and you've been such an incredible uh, pastor to me in so many moments. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. What's What's incredible is that a lot of times when people think of a creative pastor, you know, they think of the technical things, the hey, the lights, the camera, the uh, videos, the graphics. But I think one of the things that I admire most about you is that 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 stuff's little stuff in your mind. You go, hey, this this stuff's important in supporting our pastors, but I care about you, the person. I care about what God has placed on on your heart and what God is doing in you. And, um, you know, I've spoken to one of your colleagues and, and talked with him, and he says that you have this, you know, life statement or this why, so to speak, that kind of drives what you do. Uh, could you share a little bit more about that? I'm blessed that we get to do really cool things. We put on a show with expensive toys, sound systems, lights, video, and all of that. I'm blessed and grateful that we have leadership that believes in the creative arts. Yeah. The opportunity to, to hire, find people who are passionate about that here at the Oaks has been wonderful where I have a great team. Yeah. I believe what you're alluding to is that my focus on each individual yeah. um, in referencing that conversation yeah. with one of my staff members is that, you know, at the end of the day, what I would like is that while our paths, our lives intersect yeah. during this work season, because at some point it's going to end, right? Sure, I would hope that while we were together, they yeah. would say that, man, that was a good work experience yeah. for me. It yeah. was fun. But you know what, Colby? What I hope is that while we were together, mm-hmm. more than how good a boss I was or how fun the work experience was, is that during our time together, their well done, good and faithful servant was yeah. advanced. Wow. We work for a church. What's the main purpose of a church? Yeah. Regardless of the unique mission or vision statement of any church, it is the spiritual development, growing as a disciple and a disciple maker of Jesus, yeah. right? is the bottom line. To get to work at a church, especially yeah. in the creative arts ministry realm, where there's almost a mindset of, oh, they're relegated to do the technical, the yeah. arts, the video and things. No, the spiritual development is as important. Yeah. It's hard for me to imagine one day, any of us, any of us, even the best video producer, the best sound engineer, yeah. eyeball to eyeball with Jesus and Jesus going, Son, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. Woo! The way you mixed that worship night on June 22. <laughs> oh, that was so good. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I, I can't imagine yeah. that. Oh, that video, that opener you produced for Easter. Yeah. Woo! One of the best I've ever seen. <laughs> he probably expects us to represent him well in the workplace. Yeah. In stewarding our gifts and talents. But I hope 
yeah. that anybody that God has blessed me with to lead, to pour into, to 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 speak into, yeah. when they're eyeball to eyeball with Jesus, it's well done, good and faithful servant. You loved well. You led these people to the Lord. You drew them closer to me. Wow, man. And that's my heart. I love that statement because I think it speaks to the topic that we're really kind of jumping into today, which is um, cultivating uh, a creative culture and the, your focus on that, not being so much on the actual technical creative things that you do, which you said, man, we're so blessed to be a part of a church that believes in that and invests in that and equips us to do that and help um, create an, an incredible experience and, and create stories that motivate and inspire people to be more like Jesus, be closer to Jesus. But the people on my staff and the people that I work with, I want to do everything that I can. When they stand before Jesus, he's going to be able to say, well done and good faithful servant to them. What can I do to help them achieve that and and motivate them to achieve that one of the questions that i had man just um us talking and, and figuring things out and and really intriguing is that I've, I've been noticing the the culture you guys are creating and where did that start um for you like in your opinion why why was it important to start moving towards changing your culture i mean we hear a lot about different things if you're reading leadership books of why culture is important but from your perspective, why were you? Why did you start changing it, being intentional about it, and and putting more focus and energy into it? And and what are kind of the results that you've seen from it? And and what are some things that we can learn from it as well? After twelve years, I've been blessed with uh, growth, uh, literally growth with the team. Um, the creative arts department has grown to a staff of thirteen yeah. and uh, nineteen interns. I don't know how to lead that many people, Colby. I, 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 <laughs> I, I know I'm a good leader, modesty yeah. aside. And here's what I've discovered. As the team grows, I needed to relearn how yeah. to lead people, yeah. how to lead teams. Yeah. So I had an option to proceed with how I used to lead, yeah. which I'm very good at, in yeah. leading towards accomplishing tasks and projects. That produces results. Focus on tasks, focus on projects. Oh yeah, we can get stuff done from a project to project basis. But here's what I've discovered through studying and through experience. Yeah. If I focus on culture, it produces the same result, but I don't need to focus as much on keeping, on repeating and repeating the managing from project to project, yeah. from task to task. Culture means I invest in the person anchoring us to core values, taking those core values and making sure they are embodied and they become habits and they become habits and they now become culture. Yeah. So those intrinsic habits now begin to overflow into tasks and projects. And what happens is my team and staff now begin to take ownership of decision making, of problem solving, yeah. and pause for dramatic effect, <laughs> leading people. Like I said yeah. at the beginning of this question, I don't know how to lead 30 something people. I don't mm. know that I ever will. I can lead four yeah. or five, but I can't always tell them what to do in every situation. Yeah. But in 
driving and reinforcing culture, now these four or five people that are most close to me now begin to lead out of an overflow and ownership of values and then the increase of my trust for them to make decisions, solve problems, and love people and yeah. lead people. That's why I shifted more towards culture. Yeah, I love that. And, and it really is a shift in leadership from, like you said, like, hey, leading people is just getting stuff done. I'm utilizing people to get stuff done versus changing the culture, which is, what, if, I, if I heard you correctly, you said investing in the person uh, and instilling into that person and creating an environment of certain values and, and certain uh, habits or thoughts that will then drive them to lead themselves and lead other people. Is that correct when I'm saying that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, Easier said than done, though. <laughs> yeah. There is yeah. a prerequisite to that. You have to have the right person first. <laughs> you know, you have to have the right yeah, team member. Absolutely. Absolutely. So could you talk on this? This is a question. What are some of the core values that you guys are working on or instilling or that is a part of the culture that you guys have? If you don't mind me asking. I do not mind at all. So everybody on the staff knows these letters. Okay. STP. STP. HOV. SCAT. That yes. is our why, our what, and our how. Okay. STP stands for support the pastor. Okay. That's why we do what we do. Yeah. Colossians 128, which was at the start of this podcast. Yeah. That's what we talked about. Yeah. That's why I support the pastor. Yeah. It's his job. Let me get out of his way. Let me remove whatever obstacles, what may mess with, and then support him, champion him to be able to optimally deliver God's admonishing and teaching message. Yeah. In order for me to do that well, I need to know the pastor's HOV, <laughs> the pastor's heart, yeah. the pastor's objective, and the pastor's vision. Yeah. What's the difference between the three? Yeah. You can take the same vision statement and have two different leaders, and the same vision statement would mean different things. Yeah. Would have different strategies because each person has a different heart. Yeah. Each individual has a different strength and yeah. passion. Yeah. Right? I need to know that, especially if I represent that person's taste in videos, graphics, communication style. I need to know their taste. Yeah. I need to know that they prefer orange over blue. Yeah. I need to know that they like papyrus font, whether I yeah. like it or not, because yeah. that's what fits them and that's what energizes them. Yeah. And aside from vision, I need to know their oh, their objectives. Their vision may be to raise up a generation of spirit-filled believers that will take over the world. But if their objective or opportunities or pain point right now is, I don't even have enough volunteers to man a service. Well, that's where I need to support them at right now, not with the lofty vision, yeah. but to help them solve their current problems. I love that. That's HOV. And then how do we do that? It's SCAT. It's leading spiritually leading creatively, leading artistically, and leading technically. Wow. Right? Spiritually. At the end of the day, it's not just about our skills and things that we do. It's about our relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Is our relationship with the Lord solid? Because everything else is going to come from the overflow of that. Yeah. Right? And then creatively. Notice creative and artistic, I separated those two things apart. Yeah. Nowadays, out there, people just assume, oh, creative means somebody who 
creates cool things. An artist <laughs> yeah. is creative. Actually, yeah. no, those two skills are very, those two leadership skills are very distinct. And here's the simple difference. Being creative simply means making things better. Being artistic means you make things more beautiful. Why is it important for me to separate those two things out? Because they are very targeted skills. If you don't target those skills, then you don't grow in your problem-solving skills or you don't grow in your artistic skills, specifically making things beautiful, making things target and evoke feelings wow. specifically. And then in, in, for any creative leader, whether it's in production, whether it's video production, communication, especially nowadays, it's actually beginning to shift to be called digital arts. Yeah. not creative arts, yeah. meaning there's technology involved. Yeah. You probably, to do this, you need to have technical leadership, proficiency yeah. with your technology and toys. Yes, Those are our fundamental core values that shape our culture. Wow, I love that, Pastor. I mean, just literally the, the fact that you're distinguishing between creative and artistic and making those two distinctions is huge. But when you can make that a regular part of your values and your culture and people know that there is a difference between making something better and making something more beautiful like man that stuck out to me a whole whole lot and along with you know support the pastor and then hov i'm trying to remember these things hov is heart objective, objective and vision, vision and then spiritual creative artistic and technical man what an incredible easy way for your team to remember those things but also to exemplify the, those things now I know you guys do something uh, every staff meeting that's uh, super fun. We hear it all. We hear the loudness and the funness of what you guys do every every staff meeting. And I think it's really I wanted to touch on this just a little bit, because um, when we're talking about vision and we're talking about creating stuff and we're talking about leadership and culture, like I think we can it can just get very uh, bogged down with uh <laughs> I don't know how to say it other than boring and just dry, but I think you've really created something that is life-giving, uh, fun, and you, you make your staff meetings really, really fun. And so could you talk just a little bit about what you, what you guys do for every staff meeting that you have and, and kind of explain it a little bit? We don't necessarily have to get super technical with it, but just talk on it a little bit. For 10 months, we had... 70-ish volunteers, yeah. we think, part of the problem. <laughs> like, we're not even sure how many volunteers we had. Anybody in ministry knows having a robust team of volunteers is pretty critical yeah. to any ministry, yeah. any department, any area of ministry. So, all right, threw down a number. Let's go after 200. Yay. All right. It took us about 10 months. We got to 200. And so wanted to create a powerful moment, invited the staff and the interns to a surprise party. It was awesome. We dressed up, because we typically don't, so yeah. we all dressed up. Oh, some of them have never been to pastor, the senior pastor's house, so that was pretty special. The meal, oh, it was a good meal. And the announcement, they didn't know what it was about. We broke 200. In fact, we had 207 volunteers. Woohoo! That was so awesome. And then a big vision cast and a big celebration of stories of, of specific people, hero moments, and life change stories that have happened. 
And one of the things that we included was a game called Bunko, right? <laughs> it was a round of Bunko for those of you who know. Um, it involves dice. It involves a lot of screaming. It involves rounds of, you know, it's several rounds, people moving all over the place. Yeah. If you don't know what it is, look it up. Bunko, B-U-N-C-O. Yeah. Um, it was about 30 minutes of so much fun. And at the end, there's two winners. Each one got a $50 gift card. And it was awesome. Yeah. What does that have to do with your question? I wish that I can say after the most powerful, profound milestone moment of our department of having raised up 200 volunteers, that that was really what they remembered. I can convince myself that <laughs> as a leader. Yeah. I really could not shake. You know what made that evening? It was Bunko. <laughs> yeah. I'm not belittling what we yeah. accomplished. I'm not belittling yeah. the special moment and the prayer and the, and the celebration of crossing that milestone. But I am grateful that the Holy Spirit pulled my attention enough to go, you know, the reality is what they will remember is not that we hit 200 volunteers. Yeah. What they will remember is Bunko was so much fun. They got to roll dice and scream and talk smack against me, against our senior pastor, yeah. against yeah. our senior pastor's wife yeah. who was laughing and screaming yeah. while playing and got yeah. to see people's competitive side yeah. and got to see people's childlike and playful side. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I've always wanted our team to be more fun. Yeah. I've never really, really enjoyed our staff meetings. And so we decided, <laughs> you know what? Yeah. What if let's insert Bunko into staff meeting? And so now yeah. the year is divided into three seasons. There's a summer, spring, and fall season of Bunko. Yeah. And there's a board on the wall. And at a random moment in the meeting, it may be at the top, the middle, at the end, random. We'll just go count off. And everybody just, energy just goes up. And then... Half the people win, half the people lose. Wow. And there's this, everybody has a card with their name on it. And at the end of that semester, the guy who won the most times in Banco wins a $50 gift card. We're closer for it. Energy level in staff meetings are higher. And you know what? I can't really package some profound leadership thought except I like our staff meetings better yeah. because it's more fun for me. All and, it is is Banco. Yeah, I think it's so cool what you said how and this is so true i feel like it's so true um in the sense of man we need to celebrate those moments those milestone moments and we need to pause and go and reflect and go man this is a big deal but oftentimes it's not what people remember the most it's usually how you made them feel with a certain activity you know if you have something fun something that you do you know they remember those things and i i agree the holy spirit man did a good job in saying hey Pastor Kevin, this is a big deal, and, and you had the wisdom enough to put that in a staff meeting because we, I mean, I hear it all the time, and it's so it's so fun to see you guys really, really bond. It's bonding, really. Oh, yes. It's, it's so bonding. And it is very interesting to me that a lot of people have heard about our game, <laughs> and at the recent pastoral staff retreat, yeah. I, was, I just got a text, hey, Kelvin, you're responsible for Bunko. Yeah. What? Yeah. How did you guys even hear about that? Yeah. And then and then at Pastoral Stafford, we all played Bunko. And it was, and it so, was much so much fun. Oh. And then every now and again, we'd get another department. Hey, can we borrow your Bunko set? <laughs> it's just been great. So yeah. uh, wink, wink, secret. 
Bunko has gone on for uh, three rounds now, and we're about to change the game uh -oh. this fall. Uh oh. Nobody knows what it is, but we're changing <laughs> you it. You don't want to give a little. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Okay, that's fine. A few more questions, Pastor. Sure. I want to make the most of your time. How do you immerse new staff or um, somebody that isn't a part of the ongoing culture already? You know, let's say, you know, you're hiring someone new or someone new coming onto the team. Do you evaluate kind of, is there any way that you introduce them to the culture that they're in, you know, preview them to that culture before dumping them in? Or you just say, hey, just join in and this is the culture and have at it. You know, is there any on-ramp or is there any specific process that you do for hiring new staff or bringing new staff onto your team? I honestly wish that there is. Yeah. Colby, <laughs> I wish that that's something that can be ordered from Amazon <laughs> or bought at Costco. Yeah. Um, sadly, there is no shortcut to culture. Yeah. There, there just isn't. Yeah. It's not a document. Information's definitely part of it. Data yeah. is part of it. But it does take time, right? It, it does begin with knowledge, but it does take time to assimilate, mm -hmm. to enact repeatedly over time. And you tr never truly know yeah. if somebody fits the culture or not. Yeah. However, I'll start my answer with regards to hiring, yeah. on-ramping yeah. a new person. Um, even though I said it's really impossible. I'll start with a, a line I got from the book Culture Code. Okay. Right? says be painstaking in who you hire yeah it sends a strong signal of who belongs to the culture wow right yeah so that has been a a big mantra yeah uh, since i read the book <laughs> i know yeah. right who i let in yeah affects the chemistry of the team yeah right who i let in therefore i need to be patient painstaking yeah. In praying, in watching, in listening, in vetting somebody. Is there really an ironclad process to screen somebody for culture? Sadly, for capacity, for capability, because the, the six C's of hiring are yeah. capacity, capability, coachability, culture, chemistry. Uh -huh. Character. Yes, character, character. right? Yeah. All of the C's are easy except chemistry and culture. Yeah. So... The best way I know how is subject them to two things on the practical side. Intense interviews. Yeah. You know, I think some organizations call it 360 type mm -hmm. interviews, not just from a skill perspective, not just from a supervisor or department, but include interviews with people in, in the organization that has absolutely nothing to do with their jobs yeah. so that there's not that filter. It's yeah. really just straight up. Culture you know, personality yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, uh, culture as best yeah. as we can guess, yeah. especially if it's somebody who did not grow up in the church and we don't have any, you know, um, history with them, yeah. right? And then the second is I very often, before I hire somebody, let's work on a few projects. I'll pay you for them. Yeah, wow. Because you may be amazing at an interview or you may be awful at an interview. <laughs> yeah. Until I work with you, it yeah. works both ways. I may have no idea that I cannot stand the way you send emails. Or you may not stand the way I hover over your shoulders and check on your work. Yeah. You may not, after a while, realize 
that you may realize that you cannot stand my nasally voice after three days. I don't know. There's just little things, yeah. right? So I, I often just try, hey, you know, let, let's work on a project together and okay. see how we feel to each yeah. other. Yeah. But specifically, I interview, I interact, and watch for a person's core value. Yeah. I know that I cannot, within a short amount of time, through interviews, through projects, through whatever tests yeah. determine what somebody's cultural or chemistry fit would be. Yeah. But I can do my best to determine what does this person value. If our values align, my guess is chances are the culture piece would be a higher compatibility. Yeah, I love that, Pastor. Great, great insight. Painstakingly slow. I love that, that line. What was the book called? Culture Code. Culture the quote code. is, be painstaking in who you hire be painstaking. because it sends a strong signal of who belongs to your culture. Man, I love that. Love that quote. Last question. Okay. Let's say we're, you know, someone listening is, is stepping into a new leadership position or role and, and they're, they have some staff. What would you say is a good step to starting this culture change? And, and what were some, is there anything that, you know, any advice or tips that you would give to somebody that's wanting to start cultivating a creative, good, healthy culture within their department, church, or organization? All right. Step one, be ready for a one to three year journey. There is no shortcut to culture. Okay. Don't think, oh, this is a project. Ah, we wrote our, our culture statements. Yeah. We have our core values. All right, here we go. This is the rollout plan. Please have a rollout plan, but be very flexible with it because culture is more than just about leading people. It's shaping hearts. It's shaping habits. It's going to take time. Yeah. Depending on the maturity, depending on the complexity or the organization, give it one to three years. I forgot what leadership book this is from, but any project, any culture piece, any strategy has these stages that they need to go through, right? You start with conquering. After you conquer it, you want to fortify it. After you fortify, you're not done. You still need to maintain and domesticate it. When you domesticate it is when you know it's become culture. Those three steps are not like, all right, it's it's gonna take us one week to conquer this. All right, ah, uh, in two weeks we'll 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 fortify this. No, it takes time. Habits, especially in a group or a team setting that consistently produces the same results, takes time. The other things I would advise for somebody who's venturing to make a shift towards culture driving is clarity and simplicity. Support the pastor. It's very simple. Really? Wow. Yeah. That speaks so much to our gener my generation, millennial generation. It's very hard for us to stay in one place at, at any given time. And just hearing that in order to create lasting, credible, authentic, healthy culture, it actually takes a long time. So if you're not even able to stay at a given organization job for more than you know three years, that's just at the beginning of when that culture is being created. And, and being sustained or, or uh, domesticated. That's good. Well, Pastor Calvin, thanks so much for being on the podcast. This was a great, great session. Is there any last advice or tips that you have for our listeners that you would like to share? Yes. 
after 20-something years of being in ministry, 30 years of being in leadership, I have only one thing that I wish I can go back, change, and do better. I wish that I focused more on love above leadership. Wow. I focus so much on growing as a leader, and I'm, I don't regret having invested in myself in becoming a better leader. But I wish that I did that in submission to growing first in loving people better and using leadership as a tool to love people better. That's unbelievable. Thanks, Pastor Kelvin. That's such great advice. Um, we really appreciate you being on the Learn By Doing podcast, and we look forward to other conversations, hopefully in the future, and, and teaching us and showing us the, the great wisdom that you have. We appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity, Colby. Mm-hmm.